in uh, such gospel where it have a beautiful uh, commandments, a beautiful verses for our lives. It's part of the uh, mountain discernment, but it's as mentioned in the book of Luke in chapter 6. And uh, if we were, were con to contemplate in every single statement of what being said today, we, it would take us like a couple of weeks, not just a couple of minutes to contemplate. So I decided to pick, or oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit just guided me to decide and pick on one of the verse which we all struggle with. Judge not and you shall not be judged. It's very simple. It's very easy. And it's a commandment like the other of other commandments. Don't do this. And it's not going to be done to you. As simple as that. And we used to tell our kids all the time, hey, don't bother your brother and sister. And they're not going to bother you. We keep telling them these kind of things. But for us ourselves, when Jesus is telling us one of those commandments, do we take it the same way we're asking our kids to take it? Or is it just one of those other commandments that goes in and comes out and we, uh, we just let it go? So when we talk about judgment, actually it's very tough because some professions need judgment, like a judge himself, like a teacher, like a doctor, right? This type of professions, they need to judge. And to put it in perspective, it's more of an evaluation of the case, right? Like if a teacher is evaluating his students in class and putting a report at the end of the day, like a doctor evaluating his patient. So he have to make a right judgment as much as he can so he can put the right prescriptions, right? A judge where his job is to judge others or judge cases, not judge a person, it's more of a judging a case. So if we look deep across these type of professions, it's more about the intentions. What is my intentions? Is it for the sake of evaluating the, pay, the person or the case in front of me? Or because I just like being bossy and just like to tell others what to do? Are we searching and picky upon others' weaknesses or we're going for the sake of correcting actions? And I mean, I remember before uh, being Abuna, and Abuna used to tell me all the time in, in, in service, there is a, a very thin line between judgment and correcting actions. So when we're talking to others, am I trying to correct an action or I'm trying to judge a person and telling you are so and so and so? That's a very thin line between correcting action and judging personalities. So what's wrong with judgment? So we can have like a couple of questions in here regarding this type of judging others. What's wrong with it? First, it's very slippery. It's one of those sins that we overlook. Yeah, I talk about others. Yeah, that person, you see that lady, what she's doing, you see that man, what he's doing, those kids and so forth, right? So it's a very slippery type of sins. And we sometimes actually, we justify to ourselves why we're doing it. That's even worse than committing the sin itself. I'm not sure if you guys uh, are fingering it or not. Sometimes I justify doing the bad thing, not to claim that I did a bad thing. So this is the problem with this type of sins, the justification. I justify doing it. Second, I'm assuming some of you guys might be running operates around in here. So, Imagine you're telling God you don't know how to run your cooperation. Step down. I know what to do instead of you. 
So in another words, I'm taking God's job. His job, he's the ultimate judge. And he told it, he said it to us in today's gospel, judge not and you will not be judged. Sometimes I'm taking, I'm going out of my chair and I'm telling him, hey, you don't know what you're doing. These people need to be judged. These people need to be telling, told so and so and so. So I take it upon my shoulder, telling him, you don't know what you're doing. I'll, I'm gonna take care of it myself. So I'm taking God's job in this. And in Romans 14:4, it said, who are you to judge one another's servants? To his own master, he stands or falls. We're all servants to the same Lord, right? We're all made to the same Lord. So I'm not of an, any power to judge anyone else's mistakes or sins. That's not up to me. I fall in sins the same way you fall in sins. So it's not up to my judgmental thinking to work in or to kick in in that type of situations. Sometimes also we do it verbally or thoughtfully. It's like Simon the Pharisees. He said if Jesus is a prophet, he would have knew about that woman that touched him. She's a sinner. So sometimes it's not just about what's coming out of my mouth. Sometimes it's what's running behind in that engine, right? Sometimes it's a, my, I'm having a judgmental type of thoughts and I don't spit it out of my mouth, but it still stay in my mind. And that's actually a tough, a tougher war to go against because now I'm trying to control my thoughts, not my tongues. And that's even a tough, very tough type of war. Third problem with judging that you put down the grace of God in you. When I'm standing to pray, the liturgy is like what, three hours roughly, plus or minus, hopefully minus, not plus, right? So three hours, right? How many of these three hours I concentrate on the prayers? And how many times I concentrate, hey, look at that person, what he's doing. Look at that deacon, he's happily chanting. Sorry about picking on you guys, deacon. I used to pick on them all the time. So we, sometimes we concentrate on others, not paying attention to the ultimate gift that we have in our hands. The ultimate gift, we have the sacrifice in the altar, and we're talking to that sacrifice, asking him for forgiveness, asking him to, to help the poor, help the needy, help the sick people, help the patriarch, help the church, keep the peace in the church and the whole world, doing a lot of things. We're asking that sacrifice, right? So sometimes we ignore all these facts, and we start having our minds running around in the church and my mind by going, especially for Sunday school servants. Sometimes also I'm sending in the liturgy, hey, I'm preparing the lesson, I'm not prepared today. Let me check the lesson today. And then, oh, the arts and crafts, I didn't bring it with me today. Oh, I'll call someone, I'll step outside to call someone to get it and so forth. And we lose the life of the prayer inside the liturgy. And that's a very famous type of war from the devil. He's trying to get us not to pay attention to the most important thing that we're why we're here if that sacrifice wouldn't have been here we would not have been here okay so we're putting down the grace of god inside us when we start thinking about judging others especially in prayers the fourth type of problem with judgment it's become a source of a stumble like a stumbling block imagine a situation where you have seen someone doing a certain mistake and you go to a third person telling him have you seen that person she did so and so and so have you seen that 
lady, she did so and so and so. And maybe I don't have the full image. So what I end up doing, even if after the image is clear in my mind that that person was not doing the sin that I have was looking for, I don't go back, correct the image to the other people that I talk to. So I became like a source of a stumbling block to others. It's not just myself right now. I became a stumbling block for others. And with judging most of the time, most of the time, and he, everyone can, can search within his deep heart. When I'm judging others or picking on others' mistake, because that's judging. It's picking on others' mistake. I am doing the same mistake I'm looking at, but I'm overlooking my own mistakes and saying, hey, that person is doing it. So we overlook our own mistakes. Our energy and become directed towards others' mistake instead of looking at our own mistakes. That the one who condemned his brother is preoccupied with the sins of others, not his sins. Imagine, and you, God forbids, we have a death, two deaths in two different churches, right? And instead of you mourning and crying over the death that belongs to you, you step out of it, out of that church, go to the other church and cry for others' uh, death people or dead people that's dying. This is exactly what we're doing when we're judging. Instead of me worrying about my own sins, I overlook it and I go to mourn and cry over others' mistake. So it sounds terrible, right? It's not, it's not that bright of a side when we're talking about judgment. So let's go a little bit deeper and say why we judge others, why we fall in such sins. The first and most important reason why we fall in this, it's called lack of love. If I love people around me, I'm not gonna be judging them because love cures. And imagine a person, a relative to you, uh, first degree or second degree or whatever, right? Is committing a sin or did a mistake. And imagine someone that you don't know from farther type of relationship to you do th did the same mistake. Whom you have the intention to forgive. The one closer to you or the one farther from you? Definitely the closer, right? That's what we all do. This is all function of the amount of love I'm having to these people around me. So I love my other half more than what I love the rest of the people. So if my other half is doing a certain mistake, usually, usually, hopefully, I let it go and overtake, overlook it. Compared to others, if they did the same mistake, I start being picky. Hey, don't do this, how? So forth, right? So if I love everyone equally, in the way that God created every single one of us equally, I'm not going to be judging. In 1 John 3.14, he who does not love his brothers abides in death. This is how bad lack of love looks like in God's eye. He who does not love his brother, his sister, his other halves, abides in death. So that's one of the first reasons why we judge. Second, and uh, you're gonna hear from Abuna all the time, it's called something called lack of repentance. We talk about repentance all the time. Every time you're in the church, we talk about prayer, repentance, prayer, repentance, and confession, right? Is there any sermon that doesn't have one of those three things? Prayer, repentance, confession. Prayer, repentance, confession. Am I considering myself 
a person, a first in the line of the repentance, like what St. Paul said in First Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinner of whom I am chief. That's the great St. Paula. That's the great St. Paul that wrote more than half of the New Testament in Numbers. He wrote 14 epistles out of 27 books in the New Testament. He's saying to save the sinners of whom I am chief. He know where he's standing. The more you come closer to God, the more you understand how much sins you're committing. The farther I'm away from God, the more I'm going to be judging others because I want everyone to be away with me. That's the problem with this type of sins. Like the tax collector and the Pharisee, right? I mean, the story is, is, is pretty well known to everyone. Uh, the Pharisee, he knows the scriptures, he knows everything. He's standing to pray. Thanks God, I'm not like this tax collector who's committing so-and-so. The tax collector knows what he's doing, knows his sins. So all what he said, hey God, forgive me my many sins. I'm not might be closer to you as this type of Pharisee. I mean, if we would have to continue, but please forgive me what I did. I know what I'm doing. I have nothing to do with the other's mistakes or sins, regardless of my position or my job. Third, third step or third reason why we fall in this type of judgment, it's another very famous quote that's called lack of humbleness. Lack of humbleness, always think of God's grace. Am I thinking of God's grace or my ego start kicking in all the time? Hey, I am that person. I'm the one running so-and-so. How do you look at me like this? Yeah, I'm, I'm of a great power. I'm the one telling them what to do. I'm, the one, I'm supposed to be the one directing them in their life. And then my ego starts going up higher and higher and higher. And unfortunately, sometimes mm. people around me feed my ego. So I need to have this type of mind when I'm dealing with God I am I need to be down because the more I go down he goes up okay and speaking of which we have uh, the uh, feast of St. Moses the black and uh, tomorrow today is the Vesper for St. Moses the black right and when the monks came to him asking him hey we have that younger person or that monk doing so and so and so come and you should take care of that thing. And you guys know what he did, right? You guys know the icon of St. Moses, the famous icon where he's carrying mm -hmm. that thing and it's have a hole and the sand is falling out of it. He was like, I mean, what are you guys are talking about? I mean, you guys are letting go your own mistakes to correct others. Pray for him. I mean, that's the lesson he's trying to get them to do. Pray for that monk. He's falling in sins. If you love him that much, you're going to pray for him. This is the key point in the whole thing. If you love each one that much, you're going to pray for each other. We're not going to be picking on each other's mistake. Then in 1 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, a couple of verses, and that's another reason why we judge. It's called lack of wisdom. Lack of wisdom. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. That's St. Paul. For I know nothing against myself. Yet, I'm not justified by this. But he who judged me is the Lord. And the, the last one, it's, it's beautiful. 
Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. He who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of the hearts, then each one's praise will come from God. The key in here, judge nothing before the time. How many times I jumped in conclusion of situations, right? And then a couple of minutes later, once I cool down, not minutes, hours, maybe, right? Once I cool down and I look the situation again, oh, maybe I was, uh, I rushed in the situation. Maybe I rushed in my judgment. Maybe I rushed in what I said. And of course, we start saying, oh, okay, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to regret. I'm not going to apologize. We all do this, right? So it's, it's, it's lack of wisdom where I jump to conclusions so quickly among others in a way that I don't even give my mind the time to digest what's going on. Sometimes I just rush things. Let's judge. Let's do so, so and so and so. And in jo and John's, I mean, Jesus said it in the book of John chapter 7. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. That's when you're entitled to judge, when it's you're being assigned to judge a situation. You're not up to look to the appearance. Most of the time, when and, and you guys study it all the time, whether in you're working in, in, in psychology or something, what's the physical action that's happening have a reasons inside that person to do it. And when you're dealing with this kind of people, you're going against the reasons, the personality. We're not going against the actions. The actions reflect the personality. So do not judge according to the appearance, to the actions. Actually, we need to look up in the hearts if we're entitled to. One of the other reasons why sometimes we fall in this judgment is something called projection. When I'm talking about projection, instead of owning my own mistakes and trying to correct it, I project it to others and judge them. And again, this go in accordance with what I said a couple of minutes ago. Most of the time when I'm judging someone about a certain mistake or a certain sin, I am myself I'm falling in this sin. And instead of trying to fix myself, I project it to others so people doesn't look at this type of mistakes on me. So if I'm lying, my eyes easily caught if someone is lying. If I'm cussing, my ears beautifully picks if someone said a bad word around me. And I start saying, and I start, hey, you see that person is saying this. You see that person is doing so and so and so. So instead of owning my own mistakes, I reached out to others and I projected to others. So that's another reason for judgment. Some, something called fuel for judgment. Too much how we fall in this sin. The first and most top reasons, something called gossip. And none of us fall in it, right? None of us gossip here, right? Beautiful. So we don't fall in judgment. So that's number one, too much talk. And actually it was being said today in, in, in the gospel, in this matter, let your talk be yes, yes, no, no. And what's from that? That's from the devil. What is that? In, in the verse for last night, yes. So it's, that's what God is telling us. Hey, let's talk, let's talk. Second, it's evaluation. Third, we go on defense and justification. So instead of me claiming and owning my mistakes, I start going on the defense side and become like a boxing match. Hey, you're telling me I did so? I'm telling you you did so the same. 
So instead of just, and this happened very simple between the couples in the house. Instead of one person take a step back, say, hey, I know I did this a mistake, right? And then the whole situation is being fixed. They start punching each other. So I'm not talking about like physical punch. I'm talking about like verbal punch at least, right? Hopefully we don't have these physical punch. So this is a big problem. This is a big fuel for judgment. So let's go by on the bright side. Let's go to find how not to fall in this sin. I wouldn't have been talking negatively for the past like 15 minutes so far. So we need to come up with something positive at the end, right? So how not to judge? And I'll, I'll close with this in, in several points. Worry about the judgment day. Our life is not going to end in here today. And I was just telling some people a couple of days ago, this body that we're having is a rented place that our souls is living in. So what do I care more about? My permanent house or the rented beach place, if we consider it this way. Like as if you're going to a vacation and in, in that rented place that you went to or in the hotel, something got broken. How much are you going to care about compared to if one of your kids spill a drop of water on the floor? I'm not going to say break something in the house, okay? Drop a spill of water, a small spill of water in the house. Which one are you going to care more about? Usually the house. Usually your own house, that's what you're going to care about, right? So worrying about the judgment day, this is all rented. We're all being rented, investing so much in a rented place, which is the body that we're living in today. So worrying about the judgment day, that's going to get me not to care about others, but to care about where my soul is going to go afterward. Second, having Jesus as the rule model, covering for other sins. And we know all the stories about Jesus and stoning that lady. And he went down and started writing down their sins. He was trying to give them the lesson, cover for yourself or cover for each others, and God will cover for you. And we all know the story about Saint Makar, who was uh, the elder monk in the, in the monastery. And the rest of the monks came to him and they were reporting one of their brothers and the monk was falling in adultery. So he was like, what are you guys are talking about? So he went to, the, to that uh, monk's cell and he knew that the monk, that lady was in that cell and she was in the water pot or whatever, the closet or storage area. So what he did, he sat on the pot. So out of respect, when the rest of the monks, he was like, yeah, come on, you want to search the room? Search his room, that's fine. So when they're searching, out of respect, they're not going to tell Abu Makar, hey, stand up, we want to look in here, right? So instead of that law of that monk being a lost soul, he gained it back to Christ by having Jesus as a rule model, covering for others' mistake. And in Luke chapter 6, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's God's measurement. That's God's scale. The way you're treating others, that's how you're going to get treated. You're treating with love, you're going to be treated with love. You're treating with wisdom, you're going to be treated with wisdom. You're covering for others, I'll cover for you. That's what he told us to do. And of course, continuous repentance, watching over our own 
mistakes and confessing it as as quick as we can because by the time we start accumulating mistakes oh yeah I'm gonna go to Abuna maybe it was a month but that month become two months those two months become six months those six months become a year now once it become a year once I develop a, a habit of a falling in a certain sin it's gonna take another year to quit on that habit okay so the time I'm taking to acquire a sin it's gonna take me much more time to quit out of it so continuous repentance another one be in others shoe in Matthew 7 12 whatever you want men to do to you do also to them and that's what we started with earlier today we tell siblings hey treat him nice so he can treat you nice back we keep telling our siblings this right or all the kids so am I doing the same to others or I'm just getting uh, this uh, curtain and standing on it I'm looking at others down the last one which is the most one of the most important um, tools I can use to escape from falling in judgment it's actually escaping so we say that falling in judgment comes quite often when we're having like group chatting or gossiping or too much talk that's where people start being judgmental. Oh, you see that lady? Yeah, I know she's doing so and so and so and so. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't care. With that person, oh man, I wish I wish he's here with us today. Right? Oh, that, that talk Abuna you're giving, it's beautiful. I wish that friend of mine was here to listen to it. And we start projecting to others. Okay? So escape. Know your weakness. If you know that your weakness, when you're standing with a group of people that you're gonna fall in judgment, walk away. It's better to be called upon others that you're a weak person other than to be judged by God that you're judging others. I'll say it one more time. It's much easier and it's much let go type of a situation to be called among others. Hey, that a weak person, he doesn't engage in this conversation, he doesn't know what to say, so he or she keep running and don't want to talk to us. That's even better than God coming upon me saying, Hey, you're judging others, so you will be judged. In Sirach, the book of Sirach, flee from sins, as it from the face of a serpent. For if you approach them, they will take hold of you. As if you see a serpent or a snake and you're getting afraid out of it, so you run away. That's simply, and that's the wisdom. That's the book of wisdom. It's telling us what to do. In Psalm 1, 1. The very first thing our beloved father David said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This is what's happening. This is what David figured out how to try to get out of his sins by not standing with the ungodly people. Not judging them saying that they are ungodly, okay but saying if the situation is going ungodly this is not my place my place is walking godly having Jesus as the rule model and so and so and so so I'm just gonna go across how not to judge quickly worry about the judgment day have Jesus as a rule model continuous repentance be in others shoe and escape the ungodly situations and glory be to God forever and ever Amen